Five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
was a close relative. No, I never met him. I, why did you die? Why did you uh, die? I beg your pardon, sir. You say you never met him and you carry on like this. Then tell me, who is buried here? My wife's first husband. <laughs> I, why did you die? Why? J.M. in the A.M., one of the, <laughs> one of the most amazing classic comedy segments we've got. Tuesday morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this uh, JM and AM broadcast for the 3rd of March and the 7th of Adar. Uh, today is Zion Adar. Today is the yard site of uh, Moshe Rabbeinu. Um, let's see. What do we have here? 50 degrees, 83% humidity. Winds are west at 6 miles per hour. Afternoon light rain with a high of 56. We'll take that. Uh, tonight, rain early, low 45. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high uh, Wednesday, 55 degrees. 63 right now in Yerushalayim, 50 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Uh, you heard Simcha Liner with Harbei Nachat. You heard Avrem, Avram Fried with Kapara and Hinani. Adon Olam was done by Yishai Rebo. Kishoshana, brand new from Aish, volume number three. And, of course, Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. The Central Election Committee announced the first official election results shortly before 1 a.m. Israel time. Final results are only due to be released by Thursday morning. There were 6,453,000 eligible voters. 71% of those 6.4 million voted. 71% turnout. Pretty amazing. Uh, the winning gap between Likud and Blue and White continues to increase, supposedly. I actually thought I saw a uh, a larger gap than this, but okay. Uh, reading from the Jerusalem Post, by the way. Uh, they're predicted Likud to get 36 seats, Blue and White 32. The joint list, 15. Shas, 10, and UTJ, 7. Israel Beitenu, 7, Labor Gesher and Meretz, 7, and Yamina uh, are predicted at 6. Although 100% of the polling stations are counted, the number of polling stations having finished verifying the numbers is still being updated. Therefore, only the numbers of these polling stations have been published. 
Uh, the distribution of seats according to political wing, the right right now, quote-unquote, has 59, the left has 54, and Yisrael Beitenu has uh, 7. So that is the uh, that is the update as of now. I think last night, and, and by the way, Jake Novak and his entire uh, guest list did a, a remarkable job uh, during the four-hour election results special uh, yesterday between 3 and 7 p.m. Eastern time here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Got to give all of them credit. Um, I think I think they were operating on the premise that Netanyahu last night was even closer um, to the right having those 60 or 61 seats. Right now they are projected at 59. Uh, I would assume, just based on all the analysis I've heard, that that will be enough to form a government and to... Um, get the mandate from the president to, in fact, go ahead and form it? We shall see. But that's the result. That's that's what happened in Israel yesterday on Election Day. Today is Super Tuesday here in the U.S., uh, but yesterday was Election Day in Israel. And, um, and those are the results of uh, yesterday's Election Day. Now, the... Um, Uh, one of the most sought-after pieces of news in the Jewish world um, has finally been revealed, has finally been determined. And um, that, of course, was where would the Yeshiva University men's basketball team, the Maccabees, end up, courtesy of the NCAA, in the first round of the Division Three National Tournament. So um, yesterday, just after 12.30 uh, in the afternoon, that was revealed, that piece of information. Yeshiva University Maccabees are heading to Baltimore, where this Friday at 1 o'clock at Johns Hopkins, they will face WPI. WPI is the team they'll face. Uh, It'll be at Johns Hopkins, and um, we wish them the best of luck. One o'clock Friday, and I'm sure a good number of uh, members of our community around the world are going to be focused on that game. Obviously, in Israel, they won't be able to watch it, as was similar to what happened two years ago when they went to the Friday game in the NCAAs. But uh, certainly on this side of the world, a lot of people will be focused on it. One o'clock this coming Friday, uh, if they win, and we certainly hope they do, and we expect them to, good luck to the Maccabees. Um then they will continue to um, to play on Saturday night at Johns Hopkins, likely against Johns Hopkins, but we'll see, you know, who wins the first game of the tournament. So let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let us just, uh, let's just uh, hope and pray that the Maccabees have it in them to, uh, to win the first game this coming Friday. Wish them the best of luck, of course. And... Um, should be a lot of fun. I'll tell you, the world, a lot of the world is focused. <laughs> As you saw yesterday at APAC when Senator Schumer gave the, the Max a shout-out in front of the 20,000 people at APAC. <laughs> um, uh, the world, the Jewish world is focused uh, in, a, um, in a very um, passionate sense on the uh, Yeshiva University Maccabees.
Uh, the Max will take on Worcester Polytechnic Institute. That's WPI. Worcester Polytechnic Institute in round one on the campus of Johns Hopkins, 1 p.m. this coming Friday. All right. And that's the, uh, and that is the story. JM in the AM on a Tuesday. I thank you for tuning in. We have a lot going on today. We're going to be visited by uh, one of the rabbis from uh, Chabad in uh, in China. Uh, the Chabad in Shanghai. Uh, Rabbi Avraham Greenberg, who's going to tell us about a crowdfunding campaign that's going on right now to help uh, all the Chabads in China due to the current situation. 8.35, we'll speak with Scott Rothenberg. He'll have some important uh, reminders about... Um, of important reminders about uh, Purim and uh, what you need to know uh, for the upcoming holiday. Uh, we'll have our Yeshiva League sports update coming up. The season has really, uh, this part of the season is really heated up with tremendous action in basketball and hockey. And we'll talk about that coming up at about 720 and uh, Dr. Alan Kadish, the president of Turo College, um, is going to join us uh, to discuss the situation regarding coronavirus. That'll be in the uh, 7 o'clock hour as well. So a lot going on today. Plus, we want to remind everybody to vote in the uh, World Zionist Congress election. That's uh, The deadline is a week from tomorrow. VoteOIC.org. Um, uh, the brand new Art Scroll or my Crone book is out. We want to remind you to go to the uh, to the website at artscroll.com and order that. Make sure to use promo code radio. Promo code radio. The NBN Mega is coming up a week from Sunday. Got to talk about that. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot happening. We're going to head to uh, Lakewood on Thursday. We're heading to Lakewood on Thursday to J2. Uh, join us 11 until 1 in Lakewood, 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. Thursday in Lakewood, New Jersey. Um... We're heading to the Hudson Valley Resort for Pesach. And now a lot of people are staying local for Pesach for obvious reasons. If you want to join us at the Hudson Valley Resort, go to Destinations613.com, Destinations613.com, and to check out a beautiful Pesach vacation in the Catskills. It's the Hudson Valley Resort up in the Catskill region. Again, go to Destinations613.com. All right. Boy, oh boy, plenty happening, huh? To say the least. And uh, we continue with plenty more on a on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast here at JM in the AM. And uh, this one is a selection from Lipa at JM in the AM.
Oh, shake it. 
ולא אבחן כי עזי בזמרתך השם ויהי לי לישועה Thank you. 
JM in the AM wrapping up hour number one. It's Mordechai Ben David and Vani Bachazdecha. Ruvain Garber, brand new with Hine Kel. You heard Dovi Shapiro in there with Lech Alzel. Lipa had the nonstop Hora medley here at JM in the AM. 50 degrees, afternoon light rain, and a high of 56. 63 in Yerushalayim, 50 here in New York City. It's a Tuesday, JM in the AM, Super Tuesday around the United States, and this is. America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world on the web at NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background to our news from Israel coming up. Looks like uh, the right, the right wing of Israel politics has 59 seats after yesterday's election. Prime Minister Netanyahu declaring himself the winner. And uh, we'll see what happens over the next few weeks. First, we'll find out the official results in the next day or two, complete official results. And then, of course, we assume the President of Israel will uh, issue a mandate to the Prime Minister to form a government, which should be easier than the past two times for him to do. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from JMNAM. ליצהל מירושלים השעה שתיים, שלום רב, כאן רני אבנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. לאחר ספירת יותר מ-90% מהקולות, הליכוד עדיין מוביל בארבעה מנדטים על כחול לבן, אך גוש הימין עומד על 59 מושבים. ברקעת דיווחים שבליכוד מנהלים מסע ומתן עם חברי כנסת מכחול לבן שיעברו לגוש הימין, חברי הכנסת יועז הנדל, צבי האוזר ועומר ינקלביץ' מכחול לבן, יחישו שהם קיבלו פנייה מהליכוד לעבור לשורותיהם. יושב ראש כחול לבן בני גנץ התייחס מוקדם יותר להפסד של מפלגתו והצהיר נבחן את דרכנו לאחר פרסום התוצאות הסופיות. אני אצטרך להגיד לכם כי יצטרכו להמתין עוד זמן, תוצאות הבחירות הולכות ומצטברות לאט לאט, ניכר שלנתניהו אין 61 להרכיב ממשלה, אנחנו כאמור נבחן את דרכנו, אנחנו מחויבים למדינת ישראל, אנחנו מחויבים לחברה בישראל, אנחנו כמובן מכבדים את החלטת הבוחר. נעקוב אחרי התפתחות תוצאות האמת כאמור, ונראה לאן ניקח את זה משם. והשר צחי הנגבי מהליכוד אמר לאמיר איבגי ויעל דן, פנינו להקמת ממשלה רחבה, אך אם לא נמצא, אנחנו נמצא חברי כנסת שיצטרפו אלינו. אני מניח שדבר ראשון ננסה להגיע לקואליציה רחבה עם מפלגות. אם הדבר הזה לא יצלח... אני מניח שיהיו בקרב אותן מפלגות שהמנהיגים שלהם יסרבו לקבל את הכרעת הבוחר חברים שיגידו רגע, אנחנו לא לוקחים על מצפוננו בחירות רביעיות נוספות מיותרות ומטופשות. קנצלר אוסטריה סבסטיאן קורץ ברך את ראש הממשלה נתניהו על תוצאות הבחירות המסתמנות. בציוץ בחשבון הטוויטר שלו כתב קורץ כי הוא מצפה להמשך עבודתם המשותפת גם במאבק נגד האנטישמיות. כתב חדשות החוץ, אגם קדם לוי מוסיף, לפני כחודשיים ניצח קורץ בבחירות בארצו, בתור משבר פוליטי חמור באוסטריה. נשיא המדינה ריבלין אמר היום בטקס האזכרה הממלכתי לחללי צה"ל שמקום קבורתם לא נודע, כי המדינה לא תרפה ממאמציה להביא את אותם חללים לקבורה. שר הביטחון נפתלי בנט אמר, צה"ל ימשיך לפגוע במי שמנסה לפגוע בנו. אויבינו עלולים לפרש את מהמורות הדמוקרטיה הישראלית כחולשה. ולנסות לאתגר אותנו בגבולנו הצפוני ובגבול עזה. צה"ל ימשיך לפגוע במי שמנסה לפגוע בנו. צה"ל ימשיך לשמור על אזרחי ישראל ולתת להם ביטחון. 
יאיר אבידן ימונה לתפקיד המפקח על הבנקים בבנק ישראל ויחליף את דוקטור חווה בר שמסיימת קדנציה בת חמש שנים. כתבנו לענייני כלכלה ניתאי ענבי מוסיף שאבידן כיהן בשורת תפקידים בקבוצת דיסקונט במשך יותר מ-20 שנה. הוא ייכנס לתפקידו בחודש הבא אחרי שיחתום על הסדר למניעת ניגוד עניינים. מזג האוויר, עלייה ניכרת בטמפרטורות בעיקר בערים ובפנים הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורך רועי ולד.
next case, Mrs. Esther Feldman. Coming, Your Highness! What can this court do for you, Mrs. Feldman? I'll tell you what this court can do for me. Could give me a divorce for my Jaime. A divorce? How old are you, Mrs. Feldman? I should live and be well, uh, but ten days after next Hanukkah, I'll be 84. Ken horror, Mrs. Feldman. Tell me, how long have you been married? 58 years. 58 years, and you want a divorce? Why? Why? Enough is enough. J.M. in the A.M. One of our great Odd Dark Comedy segments. Tuesday morning broadcast, 50 degrees, afternoon light rain, and a high of 56. We're in New York, where yesterday uh, Jake Novak conducted a brilliant uh, election special. I thank him and all the guests who are part of it. Uh, at, as of this moment, 59 seats for the Israel right wing, and they anticipate that Prime Minister Netanyahu will be able to form a government. And again, my thanks to Jake Novak and his incredible panel yesterday, a great election special after the results were already coming in starting at 3 p.m. yesterday, Eastern Time. And I thank him very, very much for that. More coming up at JM in the AM. As they play The trees start singing without warning It's gonna be a wonderful day You know I got no patience for complaining To stop and quetch about all the bills I have to pay Cause even when there should be sunshine but it's raining My feet will dance me to the kretschma anyway So many the blessings, they're coming, but you keep on running. Just sound and sing. Raz, pa, tri. Harasho, harasho, slava bogu, harasho. Life is good, life is great. It's a chance to celebrate. Harasho, harasho. It's a party, it's a ball. And ain't nothing gonna get me down at all. Harasho, harasho, slava bogu, harasho. Life is good, life is great. Benny Friedman. Good tune. Well, we mentioned that part of today's show, there's a lot to discuss on today's show, but part of today's show would be dedicated to the coronavirus, frankly. Uh, in fact, we have um, we have the rabbi of Chabad in Shanghai coming into our studio later this hour. Uh, they're in the middle, they meaning the 13 Chabad houses in China are in the middle of a um, crowdfunding campaign to literally try to help them financially. Uh, get through this crisis, as uh, you can imagine, there's a lot less activity in the Chabad's in China right now than there normally is. And uh, we'll discuss that when the rabbi joins us a little later on in studio here at JM in the AM. Uh, but we've invited the president of Turo College, uh, Dr. Alan Kadish, to join us, uh, get his impressions about what's going on regarding coronavirus. And obviously for this audience, we thought it would be a good idea to get his thoughts regarding what happens if, God forbid, we start seeing signs of the virus within our community. And then, of course, we have a very close-knit community. And what could that mean? 
Uh, Dr. Alan Kadish, president of Turo College, uh, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Uh, let's get your first impression. There are, you know, most, I, I think of the hundreds of millions of people in this country, uh, many of them are focused on the media hype of coronavirus in general. And we really don't know if, it, you know, we should buy into it or if the media is overreacting. What is your general impression of the coronavirus as it affects Americans at this moment? Right now, the general risk is low, but the problem is that there's a lot we don't know about coronavirus or particularly COVID-19 because this particular strain is what was described last December, just a couple of months ago. And given all that we don't know, you can criticize the media, you can criticize health officials, you can criticize elected officials for either alternately being too concerned or not concerned enough because it's hard to tell which way this is going to go. If you compare coronavirus, let's say, to other diseases that we might be more familiar with. It's less infectious than measles, mm. but more infectious than things like SARS, where a deadly epidemic died down a few years ago. But we also know that it's not as fatal as some diseases. But there have now been several deaths in the United States, and of course, thousands of deaths worldwide. So I think what's appropriate forgetting about whether one refers to the media or elected officials or anything else, is to recognize that the risk is low now, but to be vigilant because there's no guarantee that that low risk will remain, right. particularly if you expose yourself to dangerous situations. Dr. Alan Kadish is with us, and, and terrible example, but for, for a layman, I think, I think you know, for someone like myself who really puts things in perspective, and that is when, when the media, frankly, you know, warns us about you know, two-foot blizzards that are on the way, and we end up with, you know, with no snow, <laughs> so we, we'll, we'll criticize the media for overblowing it, but in the end, we're very happy that you know, the, the storm never showed up. I don't think people should get carried away with worry, but as I said, I think people need to be cautious. Right. And your points about our community are very well taken because we have a lot of people concentrated in small spaces and a lot of people who travel internationally for business or to Israel. And it's important that we take appropriate precautions because it could get out of hand and it likely there have been there has been a case in New York. Uh, there have been several deaths in, in, on the West Coast, and the chances are that it will get at least a little bit worse in New York before it gets better. Right. Well, you know, yesterday I actually heard a report where they were considering or conjecturing that the NCAA uh, would play the March Madness games, the Division One basketball games, in front of no crowds because that's how worried they were about people, you know, in the tens of thousands getting together. Now, you know how many social events there are in the Jewish community, how many dinners and how many weddings and people traveling, whether it's for Pesach or other reasons. And, and, and you know, you could be at a wedding tonight where people, you know, literally arrived from Israel minutes before. You know how it works. So do we have more to fear? Do we have more to worry about because we are such a close-knit community? I think we are at potentially greater risk, which is why the things that have been recommended are things that we really ought to pay attention to. So, what, what can we do? Mm -hmm. There's no cure for coronavirus right now. There's no treatment. There's no vaccine yet, although it's being worked on. So what we can do is be sure to wash our hands, and what's recommended is a 20-second hand washing right. when you're exposed to various things. If you feel fever, cough, flu-like symptoms, 
You should not be around other people. Call your doctor, get medical attention. Don't walk into the emergency room. Keep yourself at home while you seek medical help. Wow. is an important thing to do. Um, if you feel sick, wearing a mask will help prevent the spread to others. But regular masks won't prevent you from getting coronavirus. There are some special masks which are hard to fit and hard to get that might. But in general, wearing masks right now is not recommended. Wipe surfaces down. Keep your hands clean. Avoid touching your face when you're in public areas. Those are the things that can be done to help the spread. As far as Israel is concerned, the, the paradoxical thing is right now, Israel is considering putting special restrictions on American travelers because right now, actually, there have been more deaths even per capita in the United States ah. than there have been in Israel. Right. Uh, but that's places like Italy, China, South Korea, India, where there have been greater risks. And, of course, because it takes up to 14 days from exposure to you get ill, we don't really know where the next outbreak is going to be. Right. What we've done at Turo is we've asked people to hold off on international travel, except when absolutely necessary, but not restricted domestic travel yet. Although at our medical school in Northern California, where there have been some cases reported nearby, we've actually taken our students out of the hospital because students are learning, not treating. It's amazing how the uh, most uh, effective precaution might be the most basic thing in terms of hand washing, how to deal with sneezes and coughs, etc. You know things <laughs> things that hopefully we've been uh, uh, have been ingrained in us uh, over all these decades uh, now can really come in handy if people pay careful attention to it. Finally, Doctor Alan Kadish, and you just mentioned medical uh, personnel a moment ago. Um, in terms of the medical school, I mean, you have thousands of graduates who are now nurses, who are now doctors. Uh, are are they nervous? Are they, as a group, those who are you know on the front lines, nervous about the treating patients when when the likelihood is that someone in the I shouldn't say likelihood when there's a possibility that someone in their facility actually is is uh, a victim of coronavirus? So the answer is of course, but if you're a healthcare professional, you take precautions. But this is this is where you need it, and this is what you've signed up for. Right. And so we're doing everything possible to make sure that healthcare professionals stay safe. One of the things I mentioned was we're telling people who become ill, don't go to the doctor's office or emergency room, call right. so that proper isolation techniques can be used when you come in for medical attention to avoid infecting healthcare workers. Right. But the doctor who first uh, discovered coronavirus or COVID-19, this new form, in China, uh, died from the disease. Right, of course. So there, there is a risk, and uh, it can't be minimized. So uh, we'll, we'll all take precautions and hope that the measures that have been taken in place blunt the effect of the epidemic and do what we can uh, to try to move forward. Can't thank you enough. Best regards to everybody at Turo, and thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you so much. Dr. Alan Kadish, president of Turo College. Very sensible approach to coronavirus. He's somebody who knows and is very familiar with the front lines of these types of uh, infections and diseases. You'll remember his uh, articles about the measles when it was so pre uh, prevalent and, uh, and, and the news about measles was so dominant in our community. And uh, those are his feelings regarding coronavirus at the moment. Tuesday morning broadcast, JM in the AM. Well, it's time for our Yeshiva League sports update. First, we'll start 
with the Shoe University uh, men's basketball team, the Maccabees. They are going to be playing uh, in Johns Hopkins on Friday at 1 p.m. against WPI. That's their first game in the NCAA round of 64 on their road to the championship. Wishing them the best of luck, of course, making us very proud, getting international attention. Uh, Elliot Weiselberg, he has been following Yeshiva League hockey, Yeshiva League basketball, and there's a lot to report. To say the least, Elliot Weiselberg with our Yeshiva League sports update now at JM in the AM. Thanks, Nachum. Last week, we reported about how crazy the Varsity Hockey League results have been. Well, this week, it's all about how the Varsity Basketball League truly shows why March is the time of sheer madness. Straight ahead on the Tuesday morning JM in the AM sports update, you really can't make this stuff up. Good morning. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. One week after noting that three of the four varsity hockey underdogs had advanced to the semifinals, varsity basketball said, hold my beverage, as the quarterfinals took place Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday night, so West number 4 seed SAR upset the East top seed after 62-52 behind senior John Hyman's 20 points, knocking the number one team in the nation out of the Yeshiva League playoffs. Thursday night would spell the end of the line for the participants in last year's finals as West number 2 Heschel and East number 2 Mag and David fell to the opposing three seeds Shari Torah and TABC. Junior Freddie Swade led Shari Torah with 17 in the 56-48 win. Heschel senior Ricky Sutton posted 19 in the loss. And senior Albert Nusiri's 20 wasn't enough for Mag and David as TABC ran to a 60-49 win behind junior Noam Kindleler's 19. Finally, as if it weren't a bad enough round for the top seeds, senior Zach Brown's buzzer beater helped East No. 4 DRS knock off West champion Hillel 59-57. As a result, the semifinals will both feature three seeds hosting four seeds as West 3 TABC hosts DRS and East No. 3 Shari Torah will battle West No. 4 SAR both Wednesday night with a trip to the finals on the line. JV looked to be heading in a similar direction Tuesday night as West number 3 TABC upended East number 2 seed Flatbush 53 to 45. However, normalcy would return as the home teams were victorious the rest of the way. West number 1 SAR down North Shore 51-45 and will host the Storm tonight in Riverdale. On the other side of the bracket, East number 1 DRS followed their varsity brethren knocking off Hillel 58-45 and will host Frisch, winners of their bout with Mag and David 74 to 60. That contest will also take place tonight with the winners punching their ticket to the finals this Sunday evening. The festivities this Sunday for the basketball championships at the Maxter Athletic Center will kick off with the JV Championship at 5 p.m., followed by the varsity finals at around 7.30. If you can't be at YU to be a part of the action, be sure to tune in to MaxLive.com for a joint presentation of the championship games by the Yeshiva Sports Network and MaxLive, the home of YU basketball. Coverage of the games, sponsored by Regal Bank of New Jersey and Yeshiva League Pass, will start around 4.30, hosted by yours truly, and will run all the way through varsity postgame, following which Max Live will present its 2020 Red Sarachek tournament seeding show. Last year's broadcast had over 10,000 views, and we expect more of the same this year. To become a part of this groundbreaking broadcast, or to become a sponsor, email yeshivachampionships at gmail.com. 
Moving over to hockey, the JV Championship is set. It'll be an all-West final as the TABC Storm rode a hat-trick from sophomore A.J. Sepulwitz to a 4-1 victory in DRS on Sunday. A 2-1 game to start the third, the Storm scored two goals in the opening three minutes to put the game out of reach and send TABC to their fourth final in a row. Their opponents on March 15th will be the West champion SAR Sting after an exciting 3-2 overtime win over the Frisch Cougars. For the second time this year, the difference was a sophomore Sam Froman goal, this time under a minute into the extra session. Varsity hockey will find itself in a similar position after Thursday night, as tomorrow night we'll see West 3rd seed Kushner taking on West 5th seed Ramaz at 7.30, while Thursday night we'll see East champion DRS taking on rival East 3rd seed Hafter at 8 p.m. Girls basketball will also be an all-West affair. In varsity, SAR knocked off East top seed Hafter 42-37, and Mayanote upended Frisch 52-48. The two will meet for the third time this year after splitting the regular season series. And in JV, Frisch and SAR advanced to the finals after downing Flatbush and North Shore, respectively. The finals will take place this Sunday in TABC starting at 10.45 a.m. And finally, the JM and the AM Sports Update joins the long list in congratulating the Yeshiva University Maccabees on making the D3 College Basketball National Championship Tournament, and we wish them the best of luck in their opening round matchup against Worcester Polytechnic Institute and beyond as they start their journey this Friday at Johns Hopkins in Baltimore. And that was your Tuesday morning JM and the AM Sports Update. I'm Elliot Weiselberg. JM and the AM, and Elliot's right. They're going to be there to YU basketball team this Friday, 1 p.m., down at Johns Hopkins to face WPI, wishing them the best of luck. And uh, it's going to be amazing and uh, pretty incredible. They are back in the round of 64, Division Three basketball. Congratulations to Coach Elliot Steinmetz and the entire team. And we are looking forward to some great results down there in Baltimore, Maryland. And everybody else out there who's participating in the Yeshiva League Championships and all the playoffs, keep it here every single Tuesday at 7.20 as Elliot um, uh, sums up uh, all the activity of the prior week at the Yeshiva League Sports Update here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonishmas Harav Zebner Beosavalevi and Zechonishmas Esther Basar Beosavalevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. It's interesting to note that when Hashem tells B'nai Yisrael to take revenge against Midian, afterwards, Moshe Rabbeinu was going to leave this world. We find a fascinating Yalkut Shmoni. It tells us that if Moshe was not going to take revenge, then he could have a long life. However, Moshe Rabbeinu preferred that he should conquer Midian and be victorious over an enemy rather than his own personal gain to live longer. The Zerashimshan asked, why specifically was it Moshe Rabbeinu that was to conquer Midian? What was that relationship? And why did Moshe Rabbeinu have to be the one and no one else? The Zerashimshan answers, what is exactly the relationship of Moshe Rabbeinu to Midian? He says there's a Yesod in Kabbalah, and explains that when one leader wants to succeed in conquering another country, he must have had some connection to that country that he's going to conquer. If he doesn't have that connection, he will not be victorious. As we see, Pinchas was descended from Yisro, who was able to conquer Midian. David, who was a descendant of Rus, could conquer Moab. Why does the leader have to have that connection? The reason is, 
is because if the country provided a positive environment when the leader was growing up and it promoted his spiritual growth, then the country is protected by the schuyos of that particular tzaddik. If the land was corrupt and didn't contribute anything to the spiritual growth of the leader, then the land is unprotected and can be conquered. Only that leader, the individual himself, can properly discern what type of effect the country's environment had on him. For that reason, no one else could rise up in war against Midian except for Moshe. Because only Moshe Rabbeinu could judge whether Midian had a positive influence or not. And because of this, Moshe Rabbeinu had to be the only one to conquer Midian. We see how important it is that even the environment, even the city or the state in which we grow up has an effect on us. May it always be a good one. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you Morning Chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on a Tuesday. Many of us have uh, heard about a charity campaign that's going on to help the Chabad houses in China. You can imagine what's been happening over the last few months as less and less people are traveling to China and in general people are uh, moving around at a much slower pace because of coronavirus. Rabbi Avraham Greenberg is in our studio. He's the rabbi of Chabad of Pudong, Shanghai. Is Pudong the right pronunciation? Yes. Oh, just a moment. Just a moment. It seems that the uh, the people who were utilizing our <laughs> our studio last night may have. How about now, Rabbi? Good morning. Oh, there we go. Good morning. Pudong is the name. That's the right name. And Shanghai we've heard of. That's yes. a big city in China. Pudong is a part of Shanghai. All right. So it's like a suburb of Shanghai? Yes. Rabbi Shimon Freundlich is going to join us l- via telephone a little later in this conversation. He is in Chabad of Beijing. Which Correct. is larger, Beijing or Shanghai? Um, the Jewish community is fairly the same, around 2,000 Jewish people. How did you get the assignment to Shanghai? You know, there are, I, I, I don't mean to make you jealous, but there are people from 770 who go to Honolulu and who go to Phoenix and Miami and, and to the southern part of France, but you ended up in China. How long ago did that happen? That was 13 years ago. Um, my older brother, Rabbi Shalom Greenberg, was the first shliach to Shanghai, actually to mainland China. He went there 21, 22 years ago. First one to mainland China. Mm-hmm. Wow. And when things developed, he felt that there is a need for another Chabad house to be in Pudong. So yes, we were just, uh, after we got married, me and my wife, and he asked us to come and help him to open a new Chabad house And that was Shanghai. 13 years ago? Yes. Is, is your wife happy there? Yeah, uh, as of now, we are not so happy, but yes, usually well, we are right. very happy there. Aside from the virus, <laughs> <laughs> you're happy you moved there. Yes. And you're meeting a lot of Jewish people. Meeting a lot of Jewish people from all around the world. And I would guess those are tourists and maybe a few residents. Would that be accurate? There are also residents that come to live in, in, in Shanghai from between two to five years. They are there for uh, an assignment. And we are working with them, with their kids. We are doing their bar mitzvahs, their bas mitzvahs. And what, so what is Shabbos like in Shanghai? That's very interesting. You have around the table people from all around the world and from different backgrounds. Some are Haimishe, Haredim, Lubavitcher. Some are, uh, you know, not from that usually will never step their foot into a synagogue. And here yeah. they come and they are joining a Is Chabad there a house. minion Shabbos morning? Yes. In Pudong? Mm-hmm. And but how about other times during the week? Are there minyanim other times during it, the week as well? No, Pudong is a, we have a smaller community fairly. But so, Shabbos, you're able to serve mm-hmm. the people. And during the week, we are joining uh, my brother Shalom with the 
Ah, very good. He has a daily minion. So he's not far away. Yes, that's an hour away. Uh, the younger kids are going there to join the gun every day, right. every morning, and the davening. Very interesting. So that's what life is like when you're a Chabad rabbi in a suburb of Shanghai. My gosh. Now, when did you start feeling the population for your Chabad house decrease? When did it become obvious that because of the coronavirus and all the news that was spreading worldwide, when did it become obvious that people are staying away? So the corona started during the Chinese New Year when... That's the, recent. It's a big vacation. Yes, it's... Uh, yeah. Three, four weeks ago. Yeah. And uh, during the Chinese New Year, everybody is leaving anyways. So the community is almost empty. Ah. Um, and then the well, thing is starting. Right. 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 Then the corona is starting. And we felt that, you know, we're going to be a week or two at home. Things are going to be back to normal. And, and um, so we are staying in the apartment with the kids. You cannot go out. Right. It's not safe. But then two weeks after, when America announced that they are not going to allow anybody who is coming from China who is not American, when airlines started to cancel their flights, this is when even this, the, the, the people that were left in China got into a panic and everybody left. Right. So out of our community, which is regularly 300 Jewish people, three Jews left in Pudong. Are you here because you left or you're here by coincidence? No, we, we were there for the first two weeks and we felt that we were just going to stay and right. we will work with everybody that, it, that was left. But then when all the Jewish people were gone, we felt that it doesn't make sense to sit in the apartment closed with yeah. Baruch Hashem large family and nobody, uh, no Jews are in the community. And you had no travel restrictions? You were able to do this without any problems? Yes, we came like two hours On the later. Um, but because we are all Americans, so we were allowed right. to come I'm just in. trying to think, did I shake your hand when you walked in this morning or not? <laughs> yes, you did. I it's did? too late. <laughs> oh, my God. But in all seriousness, you're fine and your family's fine, right? Baruch Hashem. The main thing is in Wuhan. If you didn't come to Wuhan, if right. you were not in touch with people, And that's Wuhan, how far from you? That's going to be two hours flight. Two hours flight from your home to, to Wuhan? China is big. It's a big place? Yes. Wow, interesting. Uh, Rabbi Avraham Greenberg, I don't think we've ever had in our studio a uh, Chabad Shliach to Shanghai, China, but he is here. Where are you spending your time now, in Crown Heights? Um, now my family is in uh, Detroit, ah. where my wife is from. The children are finally going to a regular school where they see their teacher, they see the kids right. in their class. And no more no more virtual classes, Yes. Huh? And that must are, be interesting. Yes, they are enjoying it. <laughs> They're not going to want to go back to China. <laughs> <laughs> no, they are enjoying their online school perfect. Right. Actually, something interesting happened. In China, they did not open the schools. Right. All the public schools were closed. So they are starting a kind of an online school ah, to the Chinese people. That's interesting. So really, they can come to us to learn how do you run a full school online. Very good. I like that. We have that. the experience. Now, um, if there's three Jews, for argument's sake, as you just mentioned, who are now in your community of Pudong, mm-hmm. uh, at what point do you think that that's going to start increasing? Is there any indication that this is going to, you know, start picking up and getting back to normal? Right. So first of all, the numbers, regularly there are 10,000 Jews in China where we have certain Chabad houses serving them. Right. As of now, according to the numbers we get from all the Shluchim, there are around 250 Jewish people all over China. That's it. And that's why we have uh, the three Shluchim in Hong Kong are there. Uh, Hong Kong was not affected so right. much. And in China, we have Rabbi Foynlich in Beijing and my brother, Rabbi Shalom in Shanghai. He has in- not left. Uh, yes, Rabbi Shimon Foynlich is still there from the beginning. But your brother and my also. brother came here to bring his family, and he left. He, he, he went, went back. back this Matzah Shabbos. 
So they will be there to do the Purim uh, party and uh, reading of the Megillah and everything that those... There won't be that many people at the reading of the Megillah. That's true. They are having but, tiny but, Shabbosim. Uh, but you and your brother feel that you have to be there for whoever's... If there's one Jew there, you feel that you have to be there for that. Correct. That is gonna, if there is one Jew in China, we're going to have someone to serve those Jews who are remaining in China. Boy, unbelievable. What a commitment, I'll tell you. And the truth is, I would assume, you really have no idea when this is going to end. You have, I mean, th- this could go for days or, God forbid, much, much longer. It's true. Yeah. Um, and this brings us to why we are doing the charity campaign, because it brings us to a financial crisis. Right. In other words, what normal? and here's what I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess that what normally happens is that, number one, community members you know, want to see the Chabad houses thrive, want to see them really mm-hmm. be active, let you do your work, etc. I can only imagine... How many roles you play? I mean, I know that you know there there are chabad shlichim that are shochtim and chabad shlichim that take care of obviously you know davening and meals and and right. and all types of Jewish services. I, mean, I can only imagine how many different roles you play and, and all you guys play. Um, so number one, you have supporters who normally are living there or spend you know a good amount. By the way, do you know Rabbi Grunberg? Rabbi Mordechai? Sure. You know Rabbi Grunberg? Sure, I know him. He comes years. to your chabad house. He comes a lot to Shanghai to do the. So he's probably Shabbat. also not showing up these days. Yes, the Mashgichim are not going to China now. Yes. Wow. Please send them my best when you see him. Sure, why Any, well. Anyway. So yes. <laughs> anyway, so so you all do all this, and obviously there's a base of support from those who live there and want to see the, uh, you know, like anybody who would be a member of a synagogue, etc. Plus. In addition to that, you and your brother and all the other shlichim, I think it's a total of 13 in China, right? Right. 13 shlichim in different cities. All of them uh, meet tourists, business people, uh, people from both Israel and around the world who who come, and obviously because you give them the services that you provide, they'll leave a donation, et cetera, et cetera. So now that whole operation has basically come to a halt. There's just no, right. there's no finances available for you guys to continue your work. So now there's a charity campaign that has been set up, I'm assuming – that this campaign supports all 13 Chabad yes, houses. definitely. Shanghai, Beijing. What other cities have I heard of? Have I heard of any other city that's, that's on the list? That, uh, uh, Chengdu. Never heard of it. Shenzhen. Never heard of it. Guangzhou. Never heard of it. Obviously Hong Kong. Oh, Hong Kong. Yibu, Ningbo. Do you know Chinese? A few words. You don't need to know it to be there. There are no Chinese Jews. Right. Everybody are foreigners. So anybody that you are in touch with, you know, basically Correct. knows English, Hebrew, Yiddish. Correct. And that's sufficient. Interesting. Um, so yes, ninety. Uh, you know, the communities that we have are not long-term communities. People are coming for two to three years and then right. they move on. So we don't have a long-term community that has right. a long-term commitment. So ninety percent of our income, the income of our Chabad houses, comes from the travelers and business people who are coming and leaving a donation while they are using our services. So for this two or three months, nobody is coming. But at the same time. We need to continue to pay utilities and sure. rent in order to be there while everybody else and is provide coming services back. for those who are there. One hundred percent. Does Seven Seventy help at all with this? Are they uh, are they yes. partners with you in this? Um, the uh, Rabbi Kotlaski from the headquarters and Rabbi Aftsen, actually in China, uh, were uh, getting a lot of support at the beginning to hold us until now, but we are. Now we need uh, more, so we are turning to Klalisol to help us to no, survive this tr- corona. Trust me, knowing this audience, if they know they're in partnership with Rai Kudlarski and the people in 770, they're going to be very happy about that because obviously they can't support every Chabad house around the world, but uh, but if they know that they're supporting them, uh, or supporting you in this case, then believe me, they'll be more enthusiastic about giving. Go to charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. Uh, Rabbi um, Rabbi Greenberg has come all the way from Pudong, Shanghai, 
to be in our studio this morning and tell us about the situation there in China. And it's pretty severe, as you hear, uh, the tens of thousands of people that are normally in China uh, from our community around the world are just not there anymore. And if you want them to continue their services in China, uh, then we ask you to uh, unite uh, with the folks at 770 and unite with the Chabad houses in China and its uh, environs by giving whatever you can. Charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. You couldn't come up with an easier website than that. There's two days and 16 hours left to the campaign. The campaign is flexible funding, which I think is the right way to go, frankly, in this case, where the organization mm-hmm. will receive every donation that's given. So don't worry about doubling and tripling. Just give a donation, and you know it's going straight to them, and hopefully they'll reach the $1 million goal. If, God forbid, they don't, they still, thank God, are going to get uh, the money that everybody's raising for them. They have almost 2,000 donors at this point. You could put a nice message up, which so many people, both Jews and non-Jews, have done, by the way. I don't know if you noticed that. There are Jews and non-Jews Why? who are contributing. And uh, and right now they're just under four hundred thousand. They're at three hundred and eighty-eight thousand, three hundred and eighty-eight thousand. So give what you can, and hopefully the next two days will be very successful. Charity.com/slash/china. Charity.com/slash/china. How old, if I may ask, is your oldest child? Is that a question I can ask? He's fifteen. And is he not spending his time in China generally? He's learning in yeshiva in Detroit. I've oh, two sons are learning in yeshiva. And and until eighth grade, they were in China. Yes. Interesting. Learning. So it's not unusual. I mean, in many Jewish communities, uh, you know, guys will go at the age of 14, 15 and dorm in different high schools around the world. So it's not yes. an unusual situation. Plus, you said he has family out there. Why? Well, to be a family in Detroit? If not for coronavirus, would, would a teenager travel back to you in China once or twice a year, or that doesn't happen? Yeah, they come back for Pesach. They do. For Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Simchas Did they help you out, Rabbi? Did they give out the matzahs and help you sure, out? Sure, sure. <laughs> Our kids are... Uh, um, an essential part of our shlichas, they are talking to, I mean, families are coming for Shabbos because their children want to play with our children. They are talking to their friends. They're putting on film with their adults. They are shluchim uh, just like me and my wife. Do, do you go around on Fridays? Sure. Putting on tefillin? I go around on Fridays. I bring people to our Chabad house. Anybody that comes, he wants to eat. He wants to find out about what goes on in Shanghai right away. We'll offer do, them to do, do the regular residents of Shanghai look at you in an unusual fashion or they're used to you at this point? Like, what do they, they think of the Chabad community? You talk about the Chinese? Yeah, regular Chinese community. When we came to China, it was 13 years ago, we rented an apartment and we started the Chabad from the apartment. Then came, it was Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, everything was fine. Then came Sukkot. We needed to build a Sukkah. Uh-oh. <laughs> so we got permission from the management of the complex to build a Sukkah in the center of the complex. We needed to, to give a nice envelope under the table, but it everything worked, was but fine. It worked, but it worked. <laughs> so we built a Sukkah, and we wanted to do Chinese style. So instead of making it, you know, you do the frame for metal, but then instead of covering it with plastic, we covered it with bamboo sheets nice. that look Chinese. So two days into, you know, the first two days is Yom Tev, the third day. The, the agent that got for me the apartment, he got for me the permission to build it, he calls me, Rabbi, what have you built? I said, I built a sukkah. And the agent knows Jewish people from New York. He says, is this what Jewish people build all around the world? I said, yes. What's the problem? She tells me, the whole complex is complaining against you. I said, what's the problem? What did I do? We found out that there is a Chinese old custom that when someone is passing away, they keep the dead body in a bamboo hut. <laughs> so everybody is fully convinced that I'm keeping dead bodies in my sukkah. So she tells me, Rabbi, I'm coming to visit you. I said, sure, no problem. So she comes, I'm going down. It's, you know, it's Cholamayin morning with my 
black hat with my long black sirtuk and with the lulav and esrig to the sukkah. And the agent comes with her two secretaries. And on the way she sees me, she looks at me from top to bottom and she's asking me, they ask me, who is the magician that comes to visit the dead bodies twice oh a day? Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Oh, my. Did you survive that circus? Yeah, everything was fine. After you give the envelope, everything is fine. <laughs> they stood with their word. But you told me, Rabbi, next time you find a better place to put your sukkah and don't do it with bamboo. Unbelievable. So that was our uh, nice uh, China story. You don't close the streets on Simcha's Torah, do you? Not like Eastern Parkway. No, not at all. But uh, <laughs> the Chinese love the Jewish people. They look up to the Jewish people. Seriously. When they realize that you're Jewish, they say, the they say, oh, wow, Jewish people are we've, very, very we've smart. Been we've been told that there's a movement in China and that part of the world to learn Talmud. That there's actually an interest in Talmud among people in that part of the world. That's true. There is an interest of learning Judaism, right. learning Talmud. Plus, you know that many Chinese business people do business with Israel, with people in Israel. 100%, yes. Companies in Israel, etc. Uh, Rabbi Avraham Greenberg is here. Rabbi Chabad of Pudong, Shanghai. Rabbi Shimon Freundlich, I believe, is with us. You'll need your headphones. I believe is with us live via telephone. Rabbi Freundlich, are you there? I am. Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem Shalom. Rabbi Freundlich is from Chabad of Beijing. Now, Rabbi Greenberg, you're originally from where? You were born in Israel. In Israel. Rabbi Freundlich, where are you originally from? England. Rabbi Freundlich, I will tell you what I tell every Chabad Shliach who walks in here from an unusual place. You know, I don't know if they've told you this at 770, you know there are people who get assigned to Honolulu and Phoenix and South Florida and the southern part of France. How on earth did you fall for it when they sent you to China? <laughs> By the way, the ones in Hawaii and Las Vegas, those are the smart ones. <laughs> so how did you get to how did you get to Beijing? I was a Shliach beforehand in Hong Kong. Wow. Right now the head Shliach of China, Rabbi Afton, is in Hong Kong currently. And I was a Shliach by him for five years before I came to Beijing. In the year 2000, I saw in the South China Morning Post, the local newspaper in Hong Kong, that um, there's a Beijing put in a bid for the Olympics. Right. And I contacted head office and said, listen here, um, you know, we don't have Chabad in the capital of China. China's the future. I mean, now it's the present, then it was the future. Right. And basically they said, listen, why don't you go there, see how many Jews are there, scout it out, write us a report, and we'll let you know. And the rest is history. Unbelievable. That time, there was about 300 Jews. Today, there's close to 2,000. Unbelievable. And there, I, and look, I, I don't want to repeat everything, because Rabbi Greenberg gave us a really nice uh, a review of what's going on in your section of the world, but I would assume that you, you like him, uh, have residents there in the Beijing area, and in addition to that, especially you, have plenty of tourists, uh, both the vacation tourists and business tourists, who are visiting you on a regular basis. Correct. We get all the tourism here because of the Great Wall, the Summer Palace, the Forbidden City, and Tiananmen Square. That's why we get all the uh, tourists, tens of thousands a year. Have you ever put filling on somebody at the Great Wall, Rabbi? We've actually had a bar mitzvah <laughs> on the Great Wall of China. And I remember it was like 8 o'clock in the morning. Now, you have to understand, imagine you are somebody that has taken a trip to China and then driven two hours to the Great Wall. It's 8 o'clock in the morning. You're a non-religious Israeli. And you start walking on the Great Wall, and then you go through certain sections where you have to bend down and go through an archway, and you lift up your eyes, and you see a minion with a safe potato. Wow. The, the guy looked at us, and he said, 
Gampo. Gampo. Also here. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and by the way, I just want to point out, Rabbi Freundlich, you're actually speaking to us from Beijing right now, right? I am, yes. Unbelievable. But your family has left because of what's going on, correct? Correct. There's no schools open. We're not allowed to be open. There's nobody here, even if we were open. Right. And there's no entertainment. You'd have to stay inside all day. Those that actually have to be here are going a little bit insane. I can only imagine. Not easy, that's for sure. And in terms of the number of people, you're basically seeing nobody, right? I mean, the, I would assume both bo, bo Shabbos and day, during the week, it's a challenge. Every day, I go to the Chabad house, and I'm there for about half an hour. I meet the few Jews that are left in Beijing, and give them kosher food, packaged kosher food, because obviously the restaurant's not open. Mm. I use it as a, 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 you know, a moment to sit and learn something, for tefillin, etc. moral support, and then I go back home. I don't like to go outside for um, a long time. It's, uh, at this current time, it's an unwise thing to do. Uh, is, is Beijing, I mean, we know where the, the epicenter of this whole thing is in Wuhan, and Rabbi Greenberg told us it's a two-hour flight. Uh, or more from where you are. Uh, is Beijing affected? Are there a lot of victims in the Beijing, in the city of Beijing? No. There are, uh, since it began, eight deaths and 411 infected and 287 so far recovered. Well, we're, we're getting into similar numbers here in the U.S., so I guess it's not, uh, not much worse than it is here in terms of that area. Right. Uh, all right, so now... Look, we, we've spoken about the campaign. It's charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. I, knowing this audience, they're very anxious to team up with uh, the people at 770 to make this work and to give whatever they can. Every single dollar is going to the 13 Chabad houses in China, which is a wonderful thing. I think it was really smart not to make this dependent on anything. If anybody gives $18, that $18 goes straight to it. And obviously, you can give as much as you want. You're at 388000 right now with two days and 16 hours left to go. Rabbi Freundlich, now is the time to speak directly with those who have visited China, those who have been in your Chabad house, those who appreciate why your Chabad house needs to continue to exist and to thrive. What could you tell this audience about giving to charity.com slash China? Okay. So I'm going to say as follows. Um, in, in a regular community where you have different facets within the Jewish spectrum, Sardim, Ashkenazim, Yekes, Litvaks, Chassidim, and Yemenites, and so on and so forth, Chabad is just one part of that. We just want one community within a larger Jewish community. Here in China, we are the Jewish community. If there's anybody else here, they're, they're like second to us just simply because there aren't many of them at all. Right. So most people know somebody that has gone to China. They may have even gone to China themselves. But even somebody that has never been to China or somebody that doesn't know anybody going to China, what's his shaykhis? His shaykhis is that when he gives money to this campaign, he is supporting Judaism in, I would venture to say, one of the most important countries in the world. In order for us to survive Tomorrow, we need help today. We literally welcome Jews from all ends of the spectrum, from the strimal goers <laughs> to those who don't even know what their Jewish name is. <laughs> and they sit at our Shabbos table, 
and they eat the same food, they sing the same songs, they listen to the same Torah, they create the same atmosphere of Shabbos together, all under one roof. Chabad of China, in Asia in general, it's uh, structured this way, we represent not only Judaism the way everybody sees it, because of the amount of traffic going through here, because of the importance of this country, but what Judaism is all about. So when you support us, you are really supporting you and who you represent. Uh, I fully agree with you. And uh, and, and when you say it, it, you, the guests at your Shabbos table run the gamut, you, you literally could be sitting with someone who barely knows he's Jewish and with a Satmer Chassid at the same table. 100%. Not only that, some of them are coming from different parts of the world that they can't even communicate with each other because they don't speak the same language. Right. Hey, by and the way, God is there to pull them all together. By the way, I asked this to Rabbi Greenberg. Do you know? Do you know any Chinese or not? Yes, I do. Enough to negotiate. Nice. And to find directions. <laughs> Very. And you and you must I, I, and you must know our. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry. No, I, I want to tell you something. Just one more nakuda about this uh, the fundraising campaign. Yeah. You know, in in China, um, a lot of our what we do is seasonal. So, for example, myself, um, we're, we're we have a lot of uh, tour groups and tourists coming here. You know, we know that there's certain times of the year where there's more, certain times where there's less. So before it gets less, then we put more efforts into fundraising just to make sure that we don't um, um, fall short, right, right? right? I'll give you an example. Some of the shluchim spend time traveling to factories in China producing kosher food for exports, which is another reason, by the way, somebody who's never been here or doesn't know anybody that has been here should support simply because probably the food that they're eating, some of the raw materials come from here. Right. Food additives, food preservatives, which the shluchim are visiting these factories. Right. We spend a short amount of time within the week doing that. And it's, it's, it's a very, very important part, component of our job. Okay? It's one of the aspects where we are able to draw funding in from. The tourists, the business people, the tour groups, right? So each time, for example, when it comes Chinese New Year, and for like a month, the factories are not really working. So therefore, we know that the cashless aspect of income is a little bit going to be low. We put a few months before we make sure we collect more money for that. Basically, all those aspects that I mentioned before, that's what happens. Right now, there are no tourists. There are no tour groups. There are no business people. There's no visiting factories producing kosher food for export. I myself support part of my budget from airline meals. We're the catering company in the airport. There's nobody flying here. Every part of our income has come to a screeching halt. And therefore, we are begging Klal Yisrael, the Jewish world, to please support us today so we can welcome you tomorrow. Support us today. Because when you give us that dollar, that supports who you are, which is represented by what we are doing here. Rabbi Shimon Freundlich, literally in Beijing, Chabad of Beijing, asking everybody to unite for the Jews in China. The campaign is accessible at charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. They've raised 388000 They want to get to $1 million by the end of the, uh, of the by the deadline, which is two days and 16 hours from now. Give what you can, everybody. You see how uh, important it is and just how 
critical a time it is to support the Jews of China and the 13 Chabad houses, which are going through this terrible, terrible situation, the, the screeching halt that Rabbi Freundlich described. Um, uh, it must be a very, very empty feeling for the families that have made this commitment to be in China and be there for all the Jews who visit and all the Jews who live there. So do what you can. 388,000 is where they are right now. Again, it's two days and 16 hours left. Try to take care of it today. Every penny goes to the 13 Chabad houses. Unite for the Jews in China by going to charity.com slash China. Charity, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. Rabbi Freundlich, before I let you go, when's the last time you saw our good friend Rabbi Mordechai Grunberg? A long time ago. Oh, really? He's a great, yeah, he's a great friend. Really, yes. I met him so many years ago. Um, you know, when we, when I started to do work for the OU as well. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, so he hasn't been there for a while. I assume it's coronavirus. No, have, well, well, the thing is like this: he doesn't necessarily use Beijing as his base. Beijing is, uh, is the capital. Beijing is like Washington. Shanghai is like New York. Got a it. lot of the factories are near Shanghai. So although he may pass through Beijing because of the direct flight to Israel. So it's convenient for him, but he actually travels, um, uses Shanghai as his base. But from time to time, we see each other. There you go. Now we understand why Rabbi Greenberg sees him more often. Rabbi Freundlich, good luck. We are thinking of you. We're going to remind our audience to be as supportive as possible. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate that very, very much. Thank you very, very much for that. A bracha from many thousands. How many thousands of miles is Beijing from here, from New York? you have any idea? 9,000? 8,000? A nice bracha from thousands of miles away. Yes. Seems like a nice man, Rabbi Freundlich. A hundred percent. Special man. Uh, Rabbi Greenberg, I thank you. I don't know what else we could say at this point. I mean, we want the campaign to succeed. I told you that I think that this audience takes special pride in partnering with uh, Rabbi Kutlarski and everybody who's been helping you raise money till this point. Mm -hmm. The campaign is flexible funding, everybody. The organization gets every single donation, which means the 13 Chabad houses will benefit um, from whatever donation you give. So... Try to utilize uh, the next two days and 15 hours to get them to $1 million before the deadline. And obviously, if you could do it this morning, if you could do it uh, today, that would be wonderful. Let us show our brothers and sisters in China that we are concerned about them and ready to uh, to pledge support and give support in order to keep them going. Go to charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. My thanks to Rabbi Freundlich, who called in from Chabad of Beijing, or by Avraham Greenberg, Chabad of Pudong, Shanghai, is in studio. Rabbi, anything you'd like to add? You can join my friend Rabbi Shimon. We're saying the same thing. Uh, please stand with us today so we can be there for you tomorrow to welcome Klalisol who are coming to China Mamish. and continue to teach Torah, to put on tefillin, to, do, to serve anybody from all around the world um, and make sure that uh, Judaism continues to thrive in China. He had a bar mitzvah at the Great Wall. Yes. What was the craziest thing to happen to you? The sukkah. The, the sukkah, sukkah was quite, uh, quite crazy. We are not looking for more crazy things. That's good enough. There you go. But, but we will see you walking around on Fridays asking people to put on tefillin. Visiting Definitely. them and asking them. Definitely. We are going to stores, to offices. I mean, uh, throughout the week, not only on Friday. Right. But Friday is always a big day, right? Right. I mean, learning Torah, we have uh, every Sunday a Hebrew school with 30 children, and they're coming with their parents. We're teaching them Torah. 30 children? Mm-hmm. We have every Monday we go to the, there is a diamond exchange. Wow. In Shanghai, we have a shir with 10 people. We have NYU Shanghai as a campus. We are teaching their 20 students and professors. So Unbelievable. Uh, learning Torah, we have 50, we have 50 Jews who are coming to Chabad every week to learn Torah. And yes, we do what we can.
I thank you very much for being here today. Thank you very much. Rabbi uh, Avraham Greenberg, Rabbi of Chabad of Pudong, Shanghai, in our studio. A uh, reminder, charity.com slash China, C-H-A-R-I-D-Y dot com slash China. If you give right now at that website, all 13 Chabad houses in China will benefit. And you are listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web at NahumSiegel.com and the NahumSiegel Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. אני עוצר עכשיו לחשוב כמה פעמים אמרתי תודה בחסדך אתה ליבית אותי גם כשהכל היה חשוך ונורא לא התייאשתי וידעתי שיש לי תמיד על מי לסמוך והתפללתי, האמנתי שגם אם אצולות אותי תמשוך אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו אין עוד מלבדו בעולם כולו אין עוד מלבדו, אין עוד מלבדו אין עוד מלבדו בעולם כולו אין עוד מלבדו Okay, Sally, let's go over the plans. You're going to the bank, and you'll tell them, stick them up. 
Should I take out the guns first? Should I take out the guns first? Dummy! Certainly you take out the guns first. No, not here in the street. When you get to the bank, you take out the guns and you say, stick them up. Stick them up. Now, I got it. I got it. When you got all of them stuck up, you'll take out the shopping bag from Corvettes. You'll give it to the teller and tell him to fill it up, please. You'll take the bag of money, you'll tell everybody that's stuck up that they shouldn't move for five minutes because you've got the place surrounded by me. You'll back out of the door, I'll be waiting for you in the car. That's it. And believe me, you got the easy job and I got the dangerous job. You got the dangerous job? I'm going in there alone with two guns against six guards and all those people, and I'm going to tell them to stick them up and fill it up and back out of the bank while you're sitting in the car, and you got the dangerous job? Certainly I got the dangerous job. I can drive. Ah, Jam the Am with one of our brilliant Adar comedy segments. 50 degrees, afternoon light rain, a high temperature of 56. A reminder... That our friends at Art Scroll have the brand new at the Magids Seder. Stories and insights of grandeur and redemption by the one and only Rabbi Pesach Krohn. And we are looking forward to speaking to Rabbi Krohn about this. The brand new book again. The brand new book is at the Magids Seder. Stories and insights of grandeur and redemption. Uh, Rabbi Krohn has this with a full Haggadah with English translation included inside. A 15% discount if you use the promo code radio. A 15% discount. If you use the promo code radio, so go to um, artscroll.com. Again, go to artscroll.com. At the Magid's Seder is the name of it. At the Magid's Seder. Go to artscroll.com and to get ready to enjoy. 15% if you use the promo code radio. Here's Benny Friedman.
king of all kings from the bottom of your heart at the top of your lungs shirulo shir khadash a brand new song shirulo shir khadash everybody sing along
You're two hours late. Two hours. You better have a good excuse. Well, sir, I was, I was sleeping in the barracks when I was awakened by this mysterious noise. Huh? So I crept out. I find 4,000 of the enemy surrounding the camp. I see. So I snug up behind them, and I gave them my hands up. Gung-ho Goldstein. Yes. <laughs> so I tied them all up, and I marched them 50 miles down the road to the PW camp. And then what? And then I went back, and I drove the 42 tanks they had with them to the motor port, and I repainted them. Repainted them? Yes. Blue and white. <laughs> then I went back to the barracks and took a nice warm bath, and here I am. Uh-huh. And that took you a whole two hours? <laughs> J.M. and the A.M. Tuesday morning. Seventh of Adar. Today is the art site of Moshe Rabbeinu. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by our friends at A&H. Abel's and Hyman kosher hot dog sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. Uh, Tuesday morning with a reminder from our friends at Art Scroll that the brand new uh, incredible book, the incredible beautiful Seder book by Rabbi Pesach Krohn, At the Magid's Seder, is now available. At the Magid's Seder. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio for 15% off. Go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio for 15% off. Again, At the Magid's Seder is now available. Brand new Rabbi Pesach Krohn. We look forward to having Rabbi Krohn in studio here. At JM and the AM, go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio for your 15% discount. Uh, and in general, use promo code radio whenever you are on the artscroll.com website. Uh, you never know how much you're going to save, but in this case, it's at least 15%, which is pretty amazing. All right? Artscroll.com. Um. Shame in the AM on this Tuesday with a reminder that our friends at Yeshiva University, the Maccabees, the men's basketball team, are heading down to Johns Hopkins this coming Friday for a 1 p.m. game. It's the first game in the quest for a national championship. They win six in a row now, and they will be champions. The first game is uh, against, um, oh, who'd they say it was against? <laughs> WMI, I think it is. WPI? WPI. Uh, this coming uh, Friday at 1 p.m., and we wish good luck to Coach Elliot Steinmetz and the entire team. And they have been getting international recognition, to say the least. And it's an amazing feeling, and it's fantastic for the team and for the uh, Yeshiva University community and uh, for all of our people around the world. Really amazing. Uh, so that's 1 o'clock this coming Friday, please, God. Hey, a reminder, we're heading for uh, for Pesach to the Hudson Valley Resort. Jesse Zablocki and his staff are getting ready for an incredible Pesach at the Hudson Valley Resort. And uh, you are invited to uh, to come and stay local up in the Catskill region and enjoy a wonderful yuntiv. Go to Destination613.com. Again, that's Destination613.com. And uh, get ready for a wonderful 
uh, Pesach up in the Catskill region. Again, destinations613.com, destinations613.com. That's how you, you can buy it. Oh, that's how you can get information about the uh, about Pesach and the Catskills at the Hudson Valley Resort with the Yassi Zablocki and everybody at Destinations 613. So check it out today and enjoy. Hey, a reminder, this coming Thursday, we're in Lakewood, New Jersey. We'll be at J2 in Lakewood from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. for a live lunch. Join us down there. Lakewood, New Jersey, get ready. The Nahum Single Network is coming down for a Thursday live lunch this Thursday. If you'd like to be part of the show or if you have a recommendation of somebody to be part of the show down in Lakewood, uh, just email Miriam, miriam at nahumsegal.com, miriam at nahumsegal.com and get ready to enjoy a couple of hours from Lakewood, New Jersey, this coming Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Ruvain Garber, brand new at JM in the AM.
It's really a very nice luncheon, isn't it, Mrs. Feldman? Very nice, very nice. <gasps> wow. Do you see who's sitting over there? Where? Over there. Oh, it's right. Helen. Tell me, dear. Do you believe that terrible, ugly story about her? Certainly. <laughs> What's the ugly story? I don't know. I thought you knew. I don't know. I thought you knew. But believe me, it's true. Mrs. Feldman, you look wonderful. That's a beautiful tan. Were you away? Yeah, we went to Aruba. Aruba? Where's that? I don't know. We flew. <laughs> That's nice. Say, I have good news, darling. Sydney and I are going to Europe. Europe? Big deal. I was born there. <laughs> Listen, I hear your husband had some problems with his business. Uh, I hear that a crooked partner stole him blind. That your husband had to fire the account and raise some fresh money. It's true. On top of that, I heard uh, he had a terrible season, a flood, a fire. The employees were not on strike in him. That's mm, true. Yeah, but I understand he got a new partner with a lot of money. He settled the strike and he collected the fire insurance. Uh, business is wonderful and terrific, huh? Then you heard about it, Mrs. Feldman. Yeah. But this is the first time I'm hearing all the details. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Another one of our classic Adar comedy segments here on a Tuesday morning broadcast. That is a good one. Uh, Matt Dubb before that with AFO. You heard Ruben Garber brand new with Aye. He's scheduled to join us this week here at J.M. He's got a couple of brand new singles out there we're going to concentrate on. He's in Johannesburg and we'll be calling in uh, later this week here at JM in the AM. Well, a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm. In addition to being one of our great supporters and sponsors, they're the presenting sponsor of our Kosher Halftime Show 2020. Many of you have enjoyed it, and many of you continue to enjoy it. A very, very uh, a fun and, um, and, and clean video. Yeah, we have to remember what the purpose of the Kosher Halftime Show is. So a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm with that in mind. Scott Rothenberg is with us live via telephone. Every year, the Rothenbergs uh, give us an opportunity to discuss some of the legalities that people need to keep in mind as Purim approaches. You might be shocked to learn of some of the trouble, God forbid, that somebody can get into if they either overdo it or overstep their boundaries when it comes to the holiday of Purim. Scott Rothenberg uh, joined the Rothenberg Law Firm back in 2005. He is with us live via, t- via telephone. Scott, uh, thanks for joining us. Welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Thank you very much, and thank you for everything that you do on behalf of the Jewish community. I appreciate I that. You continue to do what you're doing <laughs> in your very eloquent and awesome manner that you do so. And uh, you make an, a great point coming up, Purim, time of a lot of fun. And you everyone know- hopefully is going to have an awesome, awesome Purim. But like you said, we've got to keep in mind um, the reality of the situation. Unfortunately, what I deal with and my firm deals with um, on a daily basis. Oh, no um, question about people, it. And, yeah. and I think people don't realize that that they are this close very often to really getting themselves into serious trouble. Scott, let's start with this, if you will. Um, anybody out there who thinks they can give a drink, and by the way, this applies to Kiddush and Shul also, but let's talk about Purim now can give a drink to somebody who's underage, um, they're mistaken. Am I right? And if, God forbid, something happens you know, down the road, the, the source of that drink or the source where that uh, you know, drinking started could certainly 
play a part in the entire investigation. Absolutely. There's two aspects. Obviously, there's a potential criminal aspect that people have to bear in mind. And then uh, what we come into play is the civil aspect, the uh, social host. Um, A person could uh, potentially be paying uh, not only criminally speaking, but civilly as well. And people don't understand that, appreciate that. Um, When they have their kids, minors in their houses, or even not a minor, Mm -hmm. you're not allowed to serve someone who's visibly intoxicated, especially if you're going to go ahead and let the person go out and drive. In today's day and age, it's just with the Ubers and Lyfts and so on and so forth. Please, I just uh, can't stress enough for people to never, ever let someone get into a car and let them go out of leave their house with a set of car keys, knowing that they are intoxicated and come out to drive. You know, I, it, it, I'm so glad you mentioned that second part because I was concentrating on minors being in the house, being in the shul, being at the Purim Suda, and anyone who thinks they're a big shot by offering them a drink, you're, you're basically doing something against the law. But in addition to that, as you just said, if someone is of age and they're noticeably intoxicated, you as a host have a responsibility to make sure they don't get behind the wheel of a car. And I don't have to Absolutely. tell this. So I don't have to tell anybody what could God forbid. I mean, you know firsthand because you see it on a regular mm-hmm. basis. What could mm-hmm. happen if God forbid someone like that gets behind the wheel of a car? So I know that we do these precautions every year, and we've really been doing it for decades. But where you come in is to remind people: it's not just a friendly reminder to stay safe and not get sick and not drive drunk. It's also a reminder that you could be potentially held responsible for all this. Literally, you could be arrested for what goes on on Purim, and maybe that hopefully will deter people from getting involved in those types of activities. No doubt, no doubt. But nothing like I think it very simply, though. Aside from the potential criminal civil aspect, just be a person, be a human right. being. Right. You got your community, you got your friends out there, you got kids, your friends' kids. Think about that, and if a person were to go ahead and just stop and appreciate that, you would hope, you know, aside from all these reminders, the person would say, you know what, I have a responsibility, responsibility to my own family, my friends, like my entire community. How many, unfortunately, countless incidents are there where kids are out there, minors, and they're getting alcohol poisoning. Some of them are passing away. Right. And if people would have just gone ahead and acted somewhat prudently, somewhat, None of this would have happened. Yeah, if you don't think that the kid who's in your house who's getting sick because of all the drinking can potentially get into a hospital or, God forbid, die, I'm telling you, folks, uh, there have been some serious cases, and that's exactly what's happened. We have to keep all this in mind as Purim approaches. Scott Rothenberg is with us. One other aspect, Scott, that I think is so important, most people consider their right to drive to be a really big privilege. When when someone can't drive for whatever reason, uh, they have a medical problem or, you know, an eyesight problem or whatever, or, or they're inebriated, inebriated. Uh, whatever the case may be, uh, you know, people feel handicapped when you can't drive. Uh, you can attest to the fact that I would believe in every state in this country, uh, if you are caught driving while under the influence, you are facing a long license, and, 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 and hopefully, of course, you know, haven't caused any injury or death to anybody. Uh, you, know, you got lucky. You are, you are facing a long driver's license suspension. You are facing a long encounter with the law. And I think e- even without the injury aspect in a, in a case like that, I think we need to remind people that, that you are, you know, th- there's not going to be anybody around to help you. You're, you're not going to be able to get out of it. You are going to literally be on the shelf for whatever it is, six months, a year, until that license is reinstated. Absolutely. Not only a potential license suspension, there could be a revocation. Permanent? Person, uh, permanent? Permanently? Vehicular, vehicular manslaughter, and there's a possibility. It could be a revocation of a license. 
And wow. certainly, if it's if it's multiple offenses, no doubt a person uh, potentially could have their license revoked. So hopefully, so it's serious stuff. <laughs> oh, to say the least, and that's what people don't realize. You know, we think it's friendly reminders because we don't got, want the kids to get sick. It's reminders that the law is after people like this, and there's a tremendous effort, thank God, in this country. And God bless the law enforcement officials. This is one of the things they take really seriously. They see somebody under the influence or a suspicion of under the influence, they're going to investigate, they're going to test them, check it out. If need be, they're going to lock them up, and and God knows what the future brings for somebody like that. Absolutely. But again, as I mentioned before, though, there's Uber, there's Lyft. Right. Don't let someone drive. You know they're intoxicated. Get get in the car, drive them. And then uh, this is really, um, I think, uh, a request from mothers out there, because I understand that the fathers like to uh, enjoy Purim to the, <laughs> to the max. Right. Um, the mothers <laughs> tend to not drink uh, as much as, as the fathers. The mothers, they've got to keep an eye out uh, on their husbands and their sons. Um, obviously, the fathers themselves, the fathers that can't go ahead and quit themselves and they pretend that they're not fathers um, on, on the day of Purim. But uh, the mothers have to help out here, and as they do. But it's, it's a concerted effort for, for everyone. Hopefully everyone, it's not just in terms of the civil criminal aspect, just, just be a person. Just be a person. Uh, think about your, your fellow friends. I, I would like to think, and I hope I'm not fooling myself, and obviously I don't think either of us are experts at this. We'd have to consult with our friends uh, on Hatzalah in large Jewish neighborhoods. But I think all these reminders and all these discussions have led to much safer Purims in recent years. I hope I'm right about that, and I hope that. Tra- uh, and I hope. That- I, I hope you. I hope you're right, but uh, <laughs> not so sure the numbers back that up. Wow, that's why. I, that's why I think it's so important. That from what you're doing, you will have these constant reminders before Purim. It's wow. so incredibly important, and you can't you can't remind people enough about this. Wow, potentially right. life and death. Yeah, to but, say the least, that's for sure. All right, Scott Rothenberg with a. Very important reminder, and he's telling me, don't fool yourself, Mr. Siegel. (laughs) The numbers don't bear it out. Unfortunately, there's too much activity like this on uh, Purim Day uh, and both nights of Purim, actually, and everybody out there has to really be on the lookout and has to be really careful about, uh, about the activities that our children of any age are undertaking and the adults are undertaking during the Purim holiday. Scott, I thank you. uh, To you and the entire family and, of course, the entire firm, a happy Purim to you. And uh, thanks for this reminder as we try to keep people safe during this upcoming holiday. Certainly. Thank you, Nachum. Appreciate it. And a big thank you to the Rothenberg Law Firm for bringing us Kosher Halftime Show 2020 and being one of our great supporters on a regular basis. And I would assume we'll have someone from the Rothenberg Law Firm on before Pesach as well as as that holiday has its own set of reminders of uh, things we need to be careful about and things we need to keep in mind as we prepare for the big holiday. And a happy Purim to everybody at the Rothenberg Law Firm for any information about any of this, by the way. And there are people out there, by the way, in sensitive situations who are looking for a reliable firm to uh, consult with. You go to InjuryLawyer.com, InjuryLawyer.com. Scott is on there, and, of course, the rest of the firm and their great personnel are on there as well. Tuesday morning broadcast, more coming up. You're listening to JM in the AM as we continue on this Tuesday. Reminder, this coming Thursday... From 11 until 1, this coming Thursday from 11 until 1, we are going to be doing a live lunch from down in Lakewood. And I hope that means that the folks in Lakewood will come out and join us. We'll be at J2 in Lakewood, 11 until 1, this coming Thursday for a pre-Purim Thursday live lunch. Make sure to join us, everybody, this Thursday down in Lakewood here at the Nahum Siegel Network.
Good life, but it's the end. Where is my son Simo that came to see me from California? Hello, Papa. Goodbye, Simo. Simo, <laughs> my son, it's the end. Don't say that, Papa. It's not the end. Even at the end, my own son is telling me what to say. <laughs> Simo, my boy, believe me, it's the end. All right, Papa, I believe you. It's the end. Simo, I liked it better when you were arguing with me. <laughs> Papa, is there anything I can get for you? Yes. One thing before I go, I would like one piece of Mama's delicious apple strudel. It's my last wish. I'll get it for you, Papa. What else could a man want but the taste of Mama's apple strudel on his lips when he goes? I'm a lucky man. I'm back, Papa. Oh, good. The apple strudel. No, Papa. I didn't get it. Mama says you can't have any. What do you mean? Can't have any. She said the strudel is for after the funeral. <laughs> J.M. in the A.M. Another great Adar comedy segment. This portion of NSN programming is brought to you by A&H. Abel's and Hyman Kosher Hot Dog Sausages in Delhi is the world's best, serving the kosher world since 1954 and available at better kosher supermarkets nationwide. Try A&H today. And we are massive A&H fans, and I hope you become, if you're not one yet, a massive A&H fan. Try it. You'll see just how delicious it is. Nine minutes before the hour, J.M. in the A.M. Don't forget to go to artscroll.com. Artscroll.com, the brand new book is called At the Magid's Seder. Rabbi Pesach Krohn, At the Magid's Seder. Go to artscroll.com. Enjoy 25, excuse me, enjoy 15% off. 15% off with promo code radio. Enjoy 15% off with promo code radio. Go to um, 
artscroll.com. Again, use promo code radio. You'll be glad that you did. Artscroll.com, promo code radio. Um, reminder to vote OIC. If you haven't voted yet in the World Zionist Congress elections, go to uh, voteoic.org, 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 and um, make sure to vote. Simple as that. It's slate number four. Slate number four is the one you want. That's the one we're on. Slate number four, voteoic.org, voteoic.org. Anybody over the age of 18, 18 and over, is eligible to vote. So tell your kids to do it as well. VoteOIC.org. You're listening to JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. Wrapping it up with Shlaimi Gertner here on a uh, Tuesday morning. I thank you all for tuning in. Another great show, I must say. I'm glad that we were able to get the rabbis from Chabad in uh, China on. I uh, also am happy that Dr. Alan Kadish was uh, part of this uh, broadcast, and I thank him. Big thank you to Elliot Weiselberg with the Yeshiva League Sports Update. Thank you to Scott Rothenberg. Key reminders before Purim. My gosh, wow. Make it a safe holiday, everybody. Apparently, I am wrong, and if I think that Purim is safer than it used to be, that ain't the case. Let's try to make it much safer than it used to be. And um, JM Rewind is coming up. I told you we're heading to the Hudson Valley Resort. That conversation with uh, Destination 613, Yassi blocky is next. Plus, the uh, NBN uh, mega event is coming up a week from Sunday. Rachel Berger is part of JM Rewind next as well. And Avrami hosts a live lunch 11 until 1 from Israel. Achim of Israel and Achim Achim, our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world, the web, and AchimSegal.com and the AchimSegal Network. And of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a Tuesday for us here at JM and the AM. Plenty tomorrow. Plenty tomorrow starting at 6 a.m. Make sure to join us. JM Rewind is next, live lunch 11 a.m., and I thank you all for tuning in. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.